You are listening to the Partnership for the Arts talk show with Dave and Judy. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Partnership for the Arts. And you may have heard a new name on that intro that Stephen did. That's Judy. And Judy, of course, as we have been mentioning, you have all uh, seen, you've been following along. Judy is our new guest co-host on the show. She will be joining us here on our next show, the 50th episode of the Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. So you heard that name. You're going to probably hear her here in the intro in just a minute. I am your host, Dave. I am co-hostless today, but not for long. But I have a wonderful guest joining us, keeping me company in the studio today. So I hope you all are having a good day. I am certainly feeling blessed. I've got my cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And that wonderful laugh belongs to our guest coming on the show today. We have Sue Krasny. Sue Krasny has been involved in the arts community for over 20 years. And she is involved in some of the art organizations in the art community here in the area. She is an artist herself, and we are going to be covering all of those things. So, Sue, you ready to begin? Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited by it. And we're excited to have you here. So, we will get the show started here in just a moment when we come back. This is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us. As we explore the worlds of art. You can find us on our Facebook page, Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or you can find all of our episodes on our new website, pftatalkshow.org. This show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Hey everybody, welcome back. And you may have noticed in that introduction, there was a new voice. And that is because that was our next guest co-host, Judy Grosvenor. She is coming on the show with her set of series, but not today. That is the next show, which happens to be our 50th episode for the Partnership for the Arts. So we are all excited about the fact that Judy will be gracing us with her presence on the 50th show. Okay, with that being said, as I mentioned for the break, we have Sue Krasny on. Sue, welcome to the show. Good to have you here. Thank you, Dave. You, as I kind of mentioned before the show started, you're involved in quite a few organizations. You're involved here with the Visual Arts Center. You've been a volunteer here. You're involved with the Endowment Trust. And you're also involved in another one of my favorite places, Seagrave Gallery. That's correct. Yes. Advertising as well for that. Is that marketing? Right. Actually, I'm I'm the director of marketing for Seagrave Gallery. I gave myself that title. I thought it was appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Well... No doubt everybody appreciates you stepping in there and and doing that. And it's not an easy job. Right. It is not. It's one of those jobs that if it works, people expect it. If it doesn't work, they get mad at you. So it's (laughs) like so many of our jobs, right? (laughs) Exactly. Let's talk about your beginning. You, You are an artist, right? I am an artist. I was an artist from the time I was probably four or five years old. Oh, really? Yes. I remember my babysitter would have the crayons and everything, and she would be drawing and I would be coloring and making my own little figures. Never, I never drew in the lines or colored in the lines. Ah, abstract artist. 
Yes, I loved it. And I, when I was in college, I started majoring in art, but I looked around and I realized these people are much better than I am. So I'll go into the business world and someday I'm going to really get into the art world. All right. So you went into the business world. Mm -hmm. What did you do? number of things, but my main career was in telecommunication, mainly AT&T and the local telephone companies mm -hmm. doing every job that they had available because I get bored easily, so nothing ever to do with art, but it was interesting, fun, and I moved around a lot. Moving target, as you say. Moving target. Yes. And where was this? I was primarily in Chicago, three years in New Jersey. Anybody who works for AT&T typically goes to New Jersey for three years. It's sort of part of the growing up. So Chicago to New Jersey. Yeah. Weather is still chilly and cold in both? It is. It is. It is. New Jersey was neater in a way because it's near all those little New England states. Mm. So when you wanted to take a weekend and go sightseeing, you can. Right. When I got back to Chicago, I realized... Well, okay, Indiana and Wisconsin were pretty much my territories. <laughs> so let's talk about how you went from there mm -hmm. to where you are now. Okay. I finished my education in mm -hmm. the Chicago area, and my husband and I always loved Florida. We love warm weather, and we always felt we would settle down in Marco Island, but that did not work out and on the drive back north we found Punta Gorda. Found it on a Halloween weekend which is one of the best weekends you ever could find in Punta Gorda. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Punta Gorda loves Halloween festivities. It is wonderful. <laughs> and when we saw that we said hey this is where we want to settle mm -hmm. and I promised myself as soon as I ended up retiring and settling I would start taking serious art lessons and the Visual Arts Center was one reason we actually settled in Punta Gorda because for me it had to have a really fine art center that taught and had other other kinds of things. For my husband it was more it had to have boating and water so that's how we came here. Combination. Yes it was great. Perfect combination. I have to say, so that's interesting, mine and Mary's story is much similar to that. We were coming back from Fort Myers after Thanksgiving, stopped <laughs> off the uh, day after Thanksgiving, of course, stopped off, had lunch at Lashley's Crab House, and Mary said, we need to come back. Month later, we did. Second day we were here, we started house shopping. Isn't it great? Yeah, yeah. so kind of the same way. And when we looked at it, we had much the same similar checklist. Mm -hmm. Good, strong art community, good, strong art center. Of course, then right. I wanted a regional airport so I could continue flying. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Yeah, interesting. So it tells you that, that we're, but we, we've maintained the small town community atmosphere mm -hmm. along with this. So the people who settle here are special. You know, they really want special things, and that's what makes it so great. Right. And really, that's what made the Visual Arts Center so wonderful for me when I first started there 20-some years ago. 20 years ago? Yeah, okay. I, we really had, um, you know, volunteer everything. Mm -hmm. I think even the executive director may have been part-time or volunteer. So we moved from that into this wonderful, wonderful facility that we have now with all of the extra kinds of art classes and everything. Okay, so let's, let's talk about that part. Okay. You said 20 years ago. Yes. You've been here with the Visual Arts Center that long. Yes. So... You came in to the Visual Arts Center mm -hmm. to take our classes? Right. Came to take our classes. My first class was, it was introductory oil painting. Okay. And we had two female teachers, and they started out with having each of us 
have the same exact picture in front of us on the canvas and showed us how to mix every color from the example. So at the end, we all should have looked pretty much alike. We didn't, but we should have. And then every week it was different and we grew and we grew and we grew until the second session when we took our own photographs, did our own paintings, and I'll never forget that I still have the painting hanging in my studio. Do you really? Uh, and did our own paintings. So it was a great, great beginning. So this is how you really, as you said, you would always get it's, back in the art. And this it, is yes. how you, you started it back? It started. And then from there, I did um, workshops throughout the country and also in Europe. I had a great workshop in Provence, two of them in Provence. Love the, the lavender, love the people. You'd be painting at an easel and everybody came up to you in France. They want to talk to you. They want to engage the artist. They want to, even though we didn't speak each other's <laughs> languages. Um, so it, it was a, a lovely atmosphere to work in. Well, well, tell me a little bit more about that. Now, you said you had workshops over yes. there. Was that particular place? I mean, out on the street? Well, it was actually led by different artists, mm -hmm. whether it was in France or Maine or wherever. Okay. And we did plein air painting, which means you right. lug your easel and your backpack to wherever you go. It may be a street, it may be a mountain, a hill. Yeah, yeah, in Maine yeah. it was a mountaintop. And set up, find what you, what's really causing you to love it, mm -hmm. and then start painting. And then every night, generally, the instructor of the workshop would, after dinner and wine, would critique. So whatever you remembered, you tried to incorporate the next day. <laughs> and you were with a group, you know, maybe up to 15 artists mm -hmm. that enjoyed being together. And so it was a great experience. And it was also a good experience to find another part of the world that you enjoyed and who loved art. Absolutely. Know? Let me ask you, do you have a favorite site in France that you did, that you, that well, you went to? Well, that's a good question. I, I have to say, I guess what pops into my head right now is the lavender fields in Provence mm -hmm. okay. with the beautiful Abbey, I'll, I'll never pronounce it right because I'm not French, but it's the one you see in every advertisement with these beautiful lavender fields, which I painted. I thought I did a great job, but I still own that painting and never <laughs> sold for some reason, but I love it anyway. And it was wonderful painting there, and the whole environment was lovely. Yeah, okay. All right, so how, much, how long did you spend over there? It was a two-week workshop, and then we went back. Uh, I say we because a good friend of mine from the Visual Arts Center traveled with me a few years later to take workshop in a different part of France. That was very, very interesting, but made Excellent. good friends, and then those were the friends that had me go to... Martha's Vineyard and painting with them and you know it just sort of grows and spreads out. Do you have a favorite spot that you've been to? I mean is, is France the, the top of the line? You're, you're nodding. <laughs> yes I have to say even though I butcher the language I love the food, I love the people, I love the scenery but every Mediterranean country is I mean Greece is wonderful, Italy Greece is, is wonderful, you know yes. I can't but France is my favorite. Yes, yes, okay. Yes. Yeah. okay. You came back to here, to Punta Gorda? Oh yes, and when I did the, the workshops, I was always living here. I was okay. just traveling, you know, mm -hmm. going away for a couple of weeks or mm -hmm. something like that, yes. Yeah, so talk about the endowment into the endowment trust. Well, actually, um, a very good, the good friend of mine that I traveled with, husband was on the endowment trust board. So he recruited me to be on the board. And basically, the endowment trust is 
I call it like the savings plan for the Visual Arts Center. It's not your checking account where we write our bills and, you know, right. that's what we spend. But it's a savings account and it's one where it's your retirement account. So you put money in and the only thing we spend out of that is the interest that we make on the money. Right. Don't touch the principal. Don't touch the principal. So it grows and grows and grows. And I will tell you now, because there was many years that it was much less, and due to a wonderful recent bequest that was left to us, our balance now is over a million dollars, which is fantastic. There we go. And over the years, we have endowed the Visual Arts Center with a significant amount of money. Off the top of my head, I'm going to say probably 400000 or maybe a little bit more. And every year, it will be more and more and more. So it, it, it's good. It, it's, it's a combination of having to deal with investment people and making mm -hmm. decisions in the right investment house and then making decisions on some marketing to let people know. The word endowment is a terrible word. So when you say that to artists, they like cringe like, Ugh, what is that? You know. <laughs> so it's a way to try to help explain the good it does. Right, yeah. right. And as you being on that board, you know that uh, you really can't have an organization like this without something like that. And right. the people to chaperone the money very well. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. So thank you for uh, for sharing that part and, and doing that. Because okay. again, if, if uh, people like yourself didn't take interest in doing it, there wouldn't be a visual arts center. Right. Yeah. Well, when I was younger with more energy, I volunteered more and was part <laughs> of some of the earlier, the fine arts festivals. The, we've right. had wonderful, wonderful, wonderful fundraisers at the Visual Arts Center because it's creative people, you know, that come up with these ideas. We aren't always so good at implementing them, <laughs> but nonetheless. So, well, yes. you know... Try, try again, right? Right. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Isn't it? It's a great atmosphere. It's a wonderful place. Right. Yes. Right. Now, speaking of events, I know, suit that you have been involved in one of their big events they do here at the Visual Arts Center, the Battle of the Brushes. Yes. Right. Yeah. It actually was a takeoff on the Fine Arts Festival, mm -hmm. of which we picked an artist every year, a famous artist, that the artist would try to paint in that style and we model things. And then a few years ago, people said, why don't we just do our own thing? And they called it the Fun Arts Festival, which doesn't need to follow a particular artist, right. but to rather have a different theme. And this theme I'm sure you've talked about mm -hmm. is to have celebrity artists who've never painted be guided somewhat by our artists mm -hmm. and come up with something they never thought they could do before right. which is right. it's very enlightening it's very nice right right and you know speaking of the the fine arts festival we i saw the the latest mural that was done the picasso is now hanging on the side of the building so that one's up okay so i'll tell you what sue let's just hold on because we're going to get ready to go into a break and we'll be right back hi my name is George Mancini, and I listen to Partnership for the Arts, and it is a rewarding experience. Okay, everyone, welcome back. We just took a break there. Uh, again, we are talking with Sue Crancy. And before we go on any further, Sue, I want to just take a moment and thank George Mancini for that spot. George uh, Mancini is a performer and a uh, music instructor. He has done that all over the world with his wife, Patty. He have traveled to Germany, Japan, and you name it. And he's always had students wherever he went and, uh, and has performed in many, many halls. Okay, Sue, so before the break, 
we were talking about uh, your involvement in the endowment trust here at the VAC, but that's not the only organization that you are quite involved in. We, we touched on that at the beginning of the show, the Seagrape Gallery. Right. Uh, Seagrape Gallery, actually, I started right after Hurricane Charlie. Oh. So what are we getting into, the 15th year almost or 14 yes. or something like mm -hmm. that? After the hurricane, there was so much damage that there ended up being a call to artists and a friend convinced me, go and try it because it's a different a different platform, a different way of selling your art and uh, it will- Co-op. Co-op, it's a mm -hmm. co-op gallery. And so I did and became one of the members and it, I love it. It's a small group of artists. We now have 21 local artists. Right. We've had fewer and maybe a, sometimes a little bit more, but it's pretty much in that 2021. So you get to know each other and support each other uh, with your art. And if you need a critique or would like a critique, there's always someone there to help you. So let me ask you, Sue, what have you learned by being there? What, what has it done for you? What I've learned most in, in that environment is the business of art. You know, I grew up learning to be an artist and to be a better painter and mm -hmm. all of that. But here you learned about framing and giclées and having a bio made and having your business cards made and pricing, which is very difficult. Is, you know, what is. do I sell it for? And of course, to all of us artists who created a masterpiece, you know, <laughs> we want to sell it for as much as we can. Um, so it was the whole business of art part of it that was a learning experience mm -hmm. as well as the art and dealing face-to-face -face with customers all the time. Yes, yes. I frequent the Secret Gallery quite mm -hmm. often because I, I know uh, many of the other artists in right, there as right. well. That there. And, and that's one of the things that I really enjoy about that is because you have such a different variety of medium that the artists are doing in there. Right. And I gotta say, actually, you know, I, I know quite a few co-ops that are, and 20, pretty much for your average, mm -hmm. is quite excellent because some are only three or four or, or at most average maybe right. eight to 10. And next year, year coming up, is gonna be our 32nd year in business, That's which right. is amazing. Of course, it's not the same artist, but the interesting thing is every generation has carried on the tradition, mm -hmm. and we now have a new group of artists that have come in, I'd say maybe a new four or five within the past year or two. Right. And so it mixes things up and it changes everyone's viewpoint and it brings technology in, which I have to say we weren't that good at. So we're all thinking, oh, Instagram, Facebook, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so add it to the list of, of things to do. And, and I'm in a podcast show in there. So. In the podcast. <laughs> now this is a whole new thing. I love it. I, I had mentioned that I was in charge of marketing, mm -hmm. you know, for Seagrape, which is interesting because not only do you learn advertising, but you really start understanding what branding might mean and how you want everybody uh, to feel and carry out what your values are at the gallery. And with 21 different people, especially different artists, volunteers who are not getting paid, mm -hmm. right? To have everybody say, yes, it's really important to get up and engage customers and you know how you really react and how you do everything. It's, it, it's quite challenging. 
Yes, yes, and and I understand that completely because you do have volunteers that come in, and this may be a whole new thing that they're not used to. Right. So really having that in place for the volunteers to learn that, which is good. It uh, is, especially good. if artists coming in that that really haven't had a chance to deal with the public or their customer face to face. Right. It's a great environment over there for them to to get with others like yourself. It is experienced it is. with doing that and helping them grow in that area. Thank you for saying that. It is because you're dealing directly with the customer. The customer is not dealing with the gallery, mm -hmm. so you know what's on their mind. But at the same time, we have had many artists who were members of Seagrape and after a period of time decided to go off and do their own business or carry out a framing business or something like that. And I might also say, many of our artists are instructors at the VAC. Mm -hmm. We, many of our artists enter the shows at the Visual Arts Center. We volunteer. It's a small art community, so we work very closely together. Right, and I think we were talking uh, during the break about mm -hmm. how important that is with the Visual Arts Center here in the, in the Seagrape. Because right. really the, the venues are, are different. Mm -hmm. This is where you, you have classes and, and instruction and then, uh, and then events like Seagrape. But there you actually have the artists there mm -hmm. that works together, grows together, and helps new ones coming into the field to actually work on the business end of selling your trade, so to speak. You're right. It's, it is, it's, it's a different type of an environment, mm -hmm. even though it's has art surrounding it. Making decisions as a group, which is what a cooperative gallery yes. learns to do. And very important. It's very important, but when you think of 21 artists trying to agree on something, even the color of the back wall, you understand <laughs> that it's not the easiest thing to do. But nonetheless, we do it. And I think it's probably the greatest uh, form of democracy locally that I could imagine because we all decide which direction we want to go and we vote on it and consensus and majority rule and you move ahead. Right. And you know, I think the thing that says the success of that Seagrape Gallery the most is 32 years of doing it, going through hurricanes and everything else right. and still going strong. And, and as you said, you have new artists coming on. So again, every generation is coming in, you're getting new, new items in. So I think that pretty much contests to the success you all are having over there. Good. And I will say the Seagrape Gallery and a co-op, um, you can have art galleries and, and museums. Mm -hmm. But the co-ops is where the heart of the art and the artists really learn to thrive and support and work in the community. Good. I'm glad. That's a very nice way to say it, the heart of the artist. I there love that. Go. Yeah. There you go. The, well, the, yes. the, the heart of the art community yes. for artists, right. uh, especially ones starting out, that they can come into an area like Seagrape. And I've right. seen it. I've seen the artists come in there and, and the support that, that you all have and helping others grow as they right. come into doing it, especially, as you mentioned, the younger generation coming in for it. So that's great. Yeah. So Seagrape, mm -hmm. uh, we've covered that. But one thing we haven't talked about, and uh, before we go to uh, our next commercial break here, uh, I want to start on your style of work. Okay. And what you have learned since that day 20 years ago when you walked in <laughs> and started taking that art oil wow. class. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow. It's, I, I think one thing uh, that I would just say offhand is you're always learning, whether it's instruction from a workshop or whatever, or reading, or just watching others do their art. 
But I think part of it is just feeling that I need to break out. I need to do something a little different without, I, I, I will say this right now, and I'm not saying it pat on the back. It's just, it is the thing. People will see my art and go, that's a Krasny. Now, I don't know if that's good or bad because I've been painting for a long time and they say it's a Krasny. So, but something in it is, is me and it hasn't changed, although other things have evolved. I don't want to come in and all of a sudden say, I'm, tomorrow I'm going to be an abstract artist and do everything totally different. I'm an impressionist artist. Mm -hmm. I paint with palette knife. I use oil paint. I use acrylic. And sometimes when I want to play, I do mixed media. Um, the most fun is just in the summertime when you feel like you want to be back in grammar school is to just get all that stuff together and do a great mixed media work of art, whether it's a mermaid or whatever you want to do. Um, but I will say I recently took a workshop at the Visual Arts Center mm -hmm. and it dealt with texturing, primarily I'll say texturing, and we every day we use something else, whether it was a form of paper or rice paper or different kind. We even used uh, insulation, fiberglass insulation to squirt all over and then paint. So what it gave me a feeling for always being a two-dimensional paint paint with my either palette knife or brush is something that is more dimensional and how I could incorporate it in not every one of them, but in some of my regular paintings, which I have done already and I will continue to do. So that's fun. It's a new dimension, but it's not a totally different turn your back on what you did. It's more of a slowly get into it kind of thing. Okay, well, that, that brings up several questions okay. I have for you. Impressionist, oil painting, but you mentioned there's always something in there that someone goes, that's a Krasny painting. What, what would that be? What would you say that is? <laughs> I think, I, I, without knowing precisely, I should. That's a great question. I'm going to ask people when they <laughs> say that. I think it might be my the, my colors that I tend okay. to like. So I probably will. Uh, I and I'm not, as I say, impressionist. I'm not a realist. So when you look outside and you go, okay, that's exactly what you. No, no. What I'm painting is my impression of what that is. Yes. So what you will see in there probably are some of my favorite colors that will always find their way. It will never be a total purple painting, but probably purple or mauve will be in there someplace. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's good. And a soft. Uh, it's um, it may be colorful, but it's soft. It's mm -hmm. not a lot of hard edges, and it will generally lead you to where I want you to go. I mean, I hope it does because that's how I planned it. But um, I, I'd say probably those are the characteristics. Okay. In I, the other question along that line, when you do impression, is is it usually landscape? Do you have uh, figures in there as well? It, it can be anything. Um, it is usually landscape, but it could be florals. I mm -hmm. recently did a flower market that I had seen in France that I loved all those colors and all of those beautiful different, uh, I guess, painting, excuse me, flowers and everything. Um, so I love that. I will, I do people once in a while and I think I'm going to start doing more. In fact, I, just today I was thinking I should start doing the life drawing at the Visual Arts Center, oh. which I used to do many years ago. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. And just to get back into the people stuff and everything. Mm -hmm. So I think I might start doing that too. Well, I can relate to the Prussianism, my favorite. You know, I, I'm a big Mohawk fan. 
So I, I love that. I actually took a class with Zoe here. Oh, yeah. To learn to do the background for another subject, another project. I wanted to touch on a little bit more of when you talk about mixed media. Mm -hmm. You can actually use the mixed media, like you mentioned, the paper to get a different texture mm -hmm. on your paint on the canvas of Right, exactly. You can do that. In addition, you know, just I, I used a little bit of like sprinkling some glass beads and a few pieces here and there, which when you look at the painting, you're not really going to see that. You're going to see my painting. But as you get closer and depending on the light, you're going to go, oh, this is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. However, it could be a total mixed media uh, painting where I decide that I'm going to use uh, handmade paper and different things like that. My mermaid, I use red yarn for her hair, but you know, I was a little crazy then, but, but <laughs> nonetheless. So you could incorporate all of those. You could do some stamping or do very heavy gesso and play around with that a lot. Right. Um, and then have it all come together in a different way. Very often that's more abstract, which isn't me. So what I try to do then is figure out how I incorporate it in my style, my form. Like right now, I, I want to do some paintings of animals. Okay. Because I forgot to mention, Seagrape is going to do um, a yes. wonderful charitable event for the Octagon Center in Punta Gorda, mm -hmm. which is a, a retirement home for wild animals right. from circuses and whatever. Yeah. Um, so I really want to now get into painting some animals, but I'd like to do it with some texture in their coats, with some different things going on so that it will be a good chance because it's not a typical... Um, area that I paint in, it will be a good chance for me to maybe expand everything at okay. one time. Branching out, so to Branching speak. out, you got it. All right, yeah. all right. So you're going to be involved in this. You're going yes. to paint for the fundraiser for yes. the Octagon. Yes, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yes. I know the Seagrape. They get involved with scholarships and, right. and, and other things for, yes. for artists as well. So We do. Know. Every year we give a scholarship to one or two artists from a local high school who are going to go into art. So we've, we're proud of that. Yeah. And we also support a char at least one charity, but we have our the one charity we pick as well as others, of course. So this year it is Octagon. Last year it was the Peace River Wildlife Center. Yes, that's right. In fact, I might make a plug. It's February 27th. We're going to have an event at the gallery. Okay. And we're going to have this a lovely big basket filled with art, which we will raffle off from January through February. And we'll just have a, a nice event in the evening and sell art and support Octagon. Well, I just want to say before we, we go to the next commercial break, you know I'll be there. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> there we go. It. Yay. All right. So hold on there, Sue. Okay. We're going to take another break, and we'll be back in just a minute. Hey, this is Skip Deirda. I'm a muralist, graphic designer, photographer, and I listen to the Partnership for the Arts talk show. Okay, we are back from commercial break, and we want to make sure that we thank Skip Deidre for that. Skip Deidre, he was on the show, and Sue, I'm sure you recognize his name, mural artist mm -hmm. uh, that has done a lot of work with the Historic Society here doing the murals. The fire department, the two murals there, he did that, and then the ladies of Punta Gorda. Right. Then he recently did the Harbor Walk. One under Highway 41 there, the, the passenger uh, walkway. And I understand his next project is going to be doing the uh, mural for the new library. 
It started already, I think. It I did. think. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's yeah, great. I think. That's great. Yes, I've had a chance to catch up with Skip every now and then, especially when he starts his new project. Mm -hmm. I, I usually take him a sandwich. <laughs> so he does eat during the day. <laughs> but we want to thank you for that spot there, Skip. So, Sue, before break, uh, we were again, we were talking about some of the things with Seagrape, the, the scholarships that they give out and the, the fundraising now right. for the Octagon again yes, in, yes. Uh, in February, correct? Yes, February 27th. Uh, it will, that will be an event at the gallery where we'll have food and wine. Um, well, obviously, it will be the final auction of the basket of art, but I'm sure that artists will be donating their animal art and they'll have a silent auction for those. Our front window is going to be decorated in wild animals okay. for the month of February. <laughs> I think we're going all out. And the more we get into this, the better it will be. I'm going to visit Octagon for the first time this Sunday. We oh, have a have group of artists there. going. I've never okay. been there. So I'm okay. bringing my camera and I can't wait. Yeah, it is incredible what they do there mm -hmm. and that they are able to do because you know the, the lion tigers and bears oh my <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they they'll have that you will you will be amazed that, yes. as you said a retirement home yes. for the, for them i love it yeah okay next one mm -hmm. we'll move on here because we are, are running out of time mm -hmm. okay so we're going to move into a section of our show where we actually answer some of the questions that the viewers send in so here's something for you when you're working on a project and you're getting very, very deep into it, but then you realize it isn't turning out quite the way you've hoped, the way you planned. What do you do to get yourself back on track? No doubt you've been there. Oh, of course. Absolutely. I think as an artist, the hardest part is to admit that it's not turning out. And either experiment and try to make it something different, which I have done, mm -hmm. and on occasion that works. But you really have to step back to say, not so much where am I going, but where do I want to go and what else do I have in my head that I can incorporate in it. But then there's times where you're just chasing your tail and thinking I could keep making it and you can't. And it's, there comes a time where you just say, stop, let's forget that and let's move on. Okay, well, on that technique, how do you go through a process if you're working on something? And, mm -hmm. and actually, the reason I'm asking is because we have uh, Michael out of Indiana that was asking. He's recently gotten into painting okay. the, there, and mm -hmm. he had an assignment that he decided the subject on, but he said he started going one direction with it, and, and he basically came to a block. Mm -hmm. So he asked, what do artists do? How about your process? What's the process you go through when you get to something like, let's say, you a get block? a block? Mm -hmm. Well, I would suggest a couple of things. One, one of my most fun things is turn the painting upside down and just, if you're using a, a photograph, mm -hmm. turn it upside down and just forget it's a painting and forget it's a scene and it's a design. So look at it as a design and look at the piece parts and look at the darks and the lights and the mediums and just paint a design and do the whole thing upside down if you have to. And then turn it up and you will be very surprised because art is nothing but design, I should say, but it's design. And it's it, sometimes you lose the design and the thing that first appealed to you because you get too caught up in the fronds of the palm tree mm, or yes. something like that, right? Mm -hmm. So that would be one thing. The other is get out your sketch pad and just take some paint or colored pencil and just do some sketching of the things that you would like it to be and 
something will start coming to mind that you go, I really like that, and then incorporate that into the painting. And that's sort of another thought. I will tell you what's going to happen is some of your best work will be that little sketch, and then you're going to go, why didn't I do that on canvas to begin with? And then the other thing is just depending on what you use, if it's watercolor, I can't speak to it, but otherwise get out your gesso, if it's acrylic or oil, and gesso over some of it, and then just sort of say, especially a part that's really bothering you, mm -hmm. and then just, again, sketch it or rethink it and start over with that piece of it, if you will. Right, and the gesso will be in the whiteout It's a whiteout. <laughs> or you could use a, any color gesso I hear now. Mm -hmm. You could take black or whatever. Right. Or you could mix paint with it and have a color if you want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there, Michael, is uh, another tip from an artist that's, that's been doing this for a while to help you. And making mistakes. <laughs> and making mistakes. But that's all part okay. of it, right? That's yeah. how you learn it's and how you, you get go. better. Yeah. And you just got to remember that before you throw the thing out the window, Step back, relax. So we're going to be running out of time here, but I wanted to get some contact information from mm -hmm. you. We see Grape Gallery. Can they go to that site and see any oh, well, of your they, work? Actually, we have a wonderful website, if I mm -hmm. must say so myself, and it's seagrapegallery.com. And it will give you a background of the gallery, but then it lists every artist, each artist, and shows uh, a sample of their work. So you could go to Sue Krasny, Look at my work, and there then go. there's other artists there, too, mm -hmm. that you might like. And my bio will be there, too, and my email. But please, don't send me a pile of emails. I'll be happy to try to be good and answer questions, but I'm not the best, I have to tell you. <laughs> it takes time, and hey, you want to be painting. <laughs> you want to be painting. Yes, I do, I do. <laughs> there you go. Okay, Sue, before we wrap up, anything else you'd like to add? This has been a pleasure. I was sort of concerned about what we would talk about, but it's been very enjoyable. So Dave, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, Sue, it's been a pleasure to have you on here on the thank show. You, Dave. Okay, so with that, we're going to wrap up. And everyone, make sure you tune back in next time to Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. Because it is going to be a special show. It's our 50th episode, and Judy Grover is going to be our new guest co-host coming on. So that's going to be fun, and we are going to do some special things for that show. So, everyone, till then, have a blessed day. See? That was pretty easy, huh? <laughs> Hi, this is Judy Grovener, your new co-host on Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. Join me and Dave as we explore the worlds of art.